now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival. Each and every Monday, Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals and I have a good look at wherever the best racing was, and the racing is looking better. <laughs> bit of bit of, bit of uh, smell of stakes racing in the air, Vince Accardi. <laughs> yes, but how on earth do we get wet tracks in summer? I'm still Ooh, trying yeah, to work it yeah. out. There was a bit of hoses work going on in Melbourne and Sydney, not not at Mooney Valley. I thought Mooney Valley played perfectly, Vince. What were your thoughts there? Mooney Valley, yes. Well, <laughs> they were winning from everywhere. Well, they were. They were winning from everywhere. I guess the big thing is I like to look at the lanes. And, Ralphie, we had race two, lane seven, and race ten, lane six, all other off. Oh, okay, well, I better throw in race four as well. No, lane five. five. <laughs> yep, got to do that. And yeah. everything else was lane two and three. Yep. But you're, you're right, Ralphie. You could come from midfield and you could, well, as it turned out, you could come from back as well, more than six lengths. So actually, that's a good thing. Yeah, 100%. And one horse that did come from midfield was V8 in the main race that we'll have a good deep dive at, which is uh, which is the Australia Stakes over 1,200 metres. Um, we know recommendations are fast horse. We definitely know Snapper's a fast horse. Did they create much speed? Incredible. Plus five through the first section, or 5.1 to be exact. No wonder that horse has run last. But that <laughs> for 1,200, that, that's that's. Pretty fast pace, Ralphie, I have to say, for this time of the year as well. And a testament to the track was in <laughs> definite uh, better than G3. So, so just for those picking up our work for the for early doors, uh, what, what that's saying is 5.1 lengths above benchmark, first 400-metre split, standing start, that is sizzling. <laughs> well, it is, and it's for 1,200 metres and almost 3,000 records at Mooney Valley, Ralphie. Yeah. Yeah, so it's nice and deep. So overall, what have you scored V8? And then just beating South Port Tycoon, and there's a bit to talk about with that horse as well. But firstly, V8, what did he do? And what did he do compared to first up last prep when uh, when we were very impressed with his big performance at Caulfield? Well, firstly, when we look at the overall score for the horse, we ended up with a plus 1.4, best performance of the day. We look at the breakdown of the race, 1.5 lengths faster than standard through the first section. In other words, around 3.6 lengths behind the lead speed. So you're in last spot and you're inside four lengths, which is fantastic, right? The mid-race... Bit of a surge in speed from plus 1.5 to plus 3.2. What I loved probably the most, Rolfi, was it was almost able to sustain the same speed over the last 400 metres. There's only a, a 0.3 of a drop-off over the last 400 metres compared to the, you know, in between the eight and the four, which gives you a few signals. Number one, A, where was the horse at in terms of overall fitness condition? Obviously, you had to be in in really top shape to be able to turn up and run to that level. And if you want to compare it to from a first up point of view, it's come back 0.7 better than the previous campaign. And without a shadow of doubt, Ralphie, either the horse is going to be in for a phenomenal campaign or... This team can be known at times, this is the, the training team, can be known at times to have horses very fit first up. So I'm just sitting back here saying a bit more of a drop-off first up last campaign. 
it is a bit. I, I definitely feel the horses come back better. But how much are we going to attribute to the fitness level? Yeah. So one point four. Just <laughs> there's a little sidebar here that I want to talk about too. About the you know you mentioned it. L was in the in the right zone just off lead. This. Damien Lane, fella. <laughs> this, like, he, we, we've known he's world-class for a while. What he's doing this summer, it's actually, you know, we, we've been following quite a lot of slow horses on fast track spins, but this guy, he's just he's uh, riding, the, riding the house down. Well, when he can get a sit yes. on, a, on a horse, he, he's just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, you know, like, his timing and anticipation is just outstanding. When he's on front runners... He, that's probably the only time I feel that he can be more vulnerable. And when I say more more vulnerable, he's not as bad as some other riders up front. He's definitely better than a lot of them, but that's the one time you can potentially outmaneuver him. So South Port Tycoon, uh, interesting comments post-race. I mean, you know, they, they didn't hide anything pre-race, by the way, but uh, Kieran Maas said he, he expected Ty- South Port Tycoon to turn up and win. Two things. He was slowly away, so that, that, that's, that's your chaos theory right there. And two, Vince, I remember on our old, old carnival days, we used to talk about pre-race, and you said you studied horses in the mountain yard for many years. A bad sweat under the tail is usually a draining thing, and I was watching this horse pre-race, and this horse had a bad sweat under the tail. So to come back with a 1.1 second best of the day, they must be delighted. Oh, I just... Oh. Don't even know sometimes if words can really sum up this particular training stable, how phenomenal they are with horses and what types of improvement they can get. And to come out, firstly, to be another 1.2 lengths further back than V8, that's a big thing within itself, right? Yep. In the mid-race, it actually matched the speed. And the last 400 metres was a length better. So no doubt that uh, start did impact it. My question is this, Rolfie. (sighs) They're not known to be absolutely lethal first up this stable. No. So looking at the way this horse just stormed home and finished... The intel sort of indicates that you are very fit, but I look at what's sort of taken place pretty much from the 600 to the 400. The horse was slowing, lost three quarters of a length between the six and the four, and whilst it picked up momentum between the four and the two, it was still travelling slower than that first 400 metres. Now, maybe that was a situation when you don't get the clean start, you put a little bit more energy early, then you get to breathe, and then you finish off. But the reality is this, 0.7, this horse also had 0.7 last campaign, Ralphie, back in September, and now has come back, well, with a plus 1.1, marginally better. But this horse only had... Five starts now. I'm sitting back here saying, I wonder how much more this stable can get out of this horse. And was it really suited by this race shape? I'd have to say to you that probably this horse wasn't 100% suited by the race shape and still did what it did. So, yeah, I'll be very interested to see where this horse ends up 
this campaign. I think it's the Australian Guineas is, the, is its grand final, so probably two more starts we get to see. Probably, probably see this horse at Flemington fourteen hundred. And I, I was doing Perth Radio yesterday before your figures had come through, Vince. And I said, from a from a matchup perspective, who you think you expect to win more next start? I would say Southport Tycoon takes on three olds. V8 has to take on Alligator Blood and uh, and and Mr Brightside. Okay, so that's that a challenge for V8, whereas Southport Tycoon will be against its own. Right. Well, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. There's some, some merging talent still coming through the process. Yeah. I just probably got to sort of think through how much you have to attribute to the speed of the track in terms of really crystallising their conditioning improvement going forward. But this is not going to be an easy horse to assess other than this stable does miraculous things with horses. And, and that point seven that you referred to, that was third up, third career start, whereas yep. here he's turned up 1.1 first up. <laughs> That's a good sign of progression. Oh, it's, it, it absolutely is a great sign. Uh, last race, so a couple of things to ask you here. So Pirelli's run, raw time, point one. Uh, you've scored it uh, 0.6 above benchmark, so an excellent performance. So as you said, this is an example 101 of da- Damien Lane on, a, on when he's t- getting a sit on a, on a horse, but also only just slower than the uh, than the Australia Stakes, but 1.1 links slower overall in your IVR. Maybe just it's probably not a bad little time of year to have a bit of a refresher. Why would you rank this much further down? This is sexual time study 101 compared to V8 when there's only 0.1 of a length uh, on raw time difference. Well, the key factors here are the first two sections, Rolfie. Yeah. Firstly, when you look at the first section comparing both races, the speed of race nine versus 10, race nine's running 1.6 lengths faster through the first 400 metres. But then the critical factor is what's the blend between the eight and the 400? Now, if you look at... I'll, I'll look at horses usually, generally speaking, that are inside, this is MPS margin, inside six lengths overall finish. The mid-move between the eight and the four, the average speed was 2.8. And then if I look at the same s- setup with race 10, it's actually 2.5. So they've gone length and a half slower through the first section. They've gone about... We can almost call it even for both races between the eight and the four, but the energy distribution through the first section in race 10 is less. And then you look at the critical last 400 metres as the primer, and again, when I look at those horses, you've got a plus one-point average field spread versus a plus three. So on all the technicals, and you look at all things together, whilst the clock only comes out as being, you know, virtually identical, the distribution of energy was a lot more for race nine through the first two sections compared to race 10 and gets an overall higher balanced performance. And that's sectional times 101 because in this case, you're not comparing a stakes race to a benchmark 78. You're just comparing about the efficiency of speed, yeah? Correct. That's what I am doing. And what's uh, I did go and have a look at, I did this yesterday, Rolfie, the, the matrix, just to see 
how that stood up in terms of the assessment of the day versus the overall structure of the race. And what I came up with was this in race nine, the scorecard of 1.4, when we look at all the six runners leading in, now mind you, that's their last six starts and some of them didn't have six starts. The blended figure came out to be 0.8 above. So 0.6 downgrade. But when you look at the race 10, which got an overall performance of 0.6, it actually came out 0.1 below benchmark. Further, you know, I guess, giving the tick to the impact of those first two sections. Uh, another one worth uh, worth chatting, not not so much for a huge class perspective here, but just from about learning, studying sectional Thomas Mornings and Glory. Now, it was on a one-week backup. Uh, obviously not huge odds. It was a market considered a two-horse race, but this is what we wrote in Sizzlers. Airborne, seventh run for New Stable. This is after a one at Flemington the week before. He smashed his PB by two lengths in his first career 1,000-metre run. Minus 3.1 at the 800, 0.2.8, no, sorry, 2.8 mid-race, 6.1 last 400. In doing so, he produced the picket fence, best last 800, 600, 400, 200 of the day. Might be a short course specialist. This is only benchmark 70 level, so Mooney Valley sprints could well suit and see further wins. So we didn't know they were going to back him up a week later, Vince, but this is a horse who hadn't been tried as real short course specialist, but Mooney Valley might be his track. Could be, yes, for sure. I mean, again, I look at how this race was structured up. Gone out a pretty good clip through that first couple of hundred metres. They virtually got to benchmark, and Mornington Glory was just what one point nine below benchmark. That's that's pretty quick, Ralphie, for a thousand metre race. Picked up some nice speed between the eight and the four hundred metres. Now, mind you, even though it picked up some speed, there was a, there was a shift as well, just coming around that artificial. I just call it the artificial slowdown. Yep. When when you come out of the chute onto the turn. It actually impacted this horse almost four lengths, Ralphie. And then the last overall 400, I just thought it was as good as anything on the on the whole day, plus 4.8. Strong performance, particularly for the first, I'd say good performances for the first three horses, Ralphie, but in particular Mornington Glory, 0.6 above, and definitely worthy of a top 10 performance. The challenge now is well done in the Sizzlers. <laughs> Is it a horse that we can keep following from here on in, or was that the double peak? Yeah, exactly. Um, for race one, now, uh, again, I'm just trying to talk about some fundamentals, just worth keeping in mind before we start talking about some serious stakes racing over the next uh, few months, which we can't yes. wait for. But Acid Wash went out at a dollar fifty fence. Now, this is race one at Mooney Valley. Yeah. Because it's if you watch the Cranbourne win, it couldn't have looked any better visually. Vince? Why would you take a dollar fifty on a horse with this profile and just explain to us about the difference in speed that this horse had to endure on Saturday? Well, that's the the big unknown, isn't it? I, yeah. I probably feel for him, but firstly, <laughs> yeah, why would you take that price? <laughs> they obviously got a big opinion, but the reality is, could they've ever expected such a small field to be going ten lengths faster than standard? Yeah. Through the first half of the race. Are you kidding me? And if you want to compare it I to do. what <laughs> I mean, the Cranbourne run it was fourteen lengths below benchmark, Ralphie. First section. Eight yes. and, was still travelling eight and a half lengths below benchmark in the second section, between the eight and the four, and then just had this phenomenal last four hundred. And it is that four hundred regard the last four hundred plus eleven point three at Cranbourne 
doesn't matter how you slow you're going. That's an elite level sprint. So I get that part, right? Particularly the last 200 meters. There's a lot of, well, there's a number of form students that over the years that I've spoken to have an unbelievable belief about the importance of the last 200 meters of a sprint for pretty much any race or horse, regardless of how fast they go early, is how dynamic is their last 200 metres. And and they pretty much give that the biggest tick, regardless of anything else that may have happened in a race, Rolfie, yep. if we're talking against the clock. And, of course, again, I'm just trying to substantiate why such a big price. And that plus 7.2 last 200 metres, maybe that was enough to have everybody be inspired this horse is the next i don't know <laughs> who do we want to call it superstar which it's not yeah right? it's it's a long way from that in fact at this stage some crazy things have to happen for that horse to be that good right yeah to be ever worthy of that price but unfortunately to come into a race even if i look at the run before flemington ralphie in december even if we use that as our pivotal point it still was almost 13 lengths faster than that you know if we're going to do race comparisons and um i sort of sit back and say well everybody has had to go fast that's true but the reality is i just look at the overall finish off there was no finish yeah all the energy was used early i've got to say in the time i've worked with you the 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 greatest majority of horses who have been beaten at short odds have been horses that come off slow races Big sprints, so they look good, but off slow races, oh, you've got to be brave to take those short prices. <laughs> and generally speaking, over the years, the corporate bookmakers, the individual bookmakers on track and all that, they've they've made fortunes out of these type of scenarios. Yeah, <laughs> particularly now in the era where, where you know, they, they it, it's so easy to throw a horse into your multis, you know, and people make, make the mistake of, remember Daniel O'Sullivan saying this many times, you know, just because a horse is short, you know, it's, you still got to rate it on its on its ability to win. You don't say, oh, well, I'll take an extra short horse and that'll give us value. No, no, no. <laughs> Every horse has to be rate, ranked individually, doesn't it? Uh, absolutely. And, and probably the big thing is for a, for a horse like this is doing everything pretty much in its first campaign, it could morph into a significantly better horse than what it is now because right now it's still, you know, several lengths below benchmark. Who knows where how much this horse will benefit from a run like that and tasting that fast-paced medicine. Yes. And it's still probably, you know, I'm sure it's still evolving. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not a talent. I'm saying there's, there's times to just sit back and keep your money in your pocket. <laughs> and when it's a dollar fifty, that's a good time just to watch. Yeah. Jesus, times when Animo was even better priced that I didn't back it. So I'm thinking, <laughs> I know I'd be a... <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Ramwick, how did Ramwick play? Ramwick, yes, Ralphie. Oh. Was it? Was it? Was it? Oh, I don't live there. I was. I was a long way from Melbourne, even. So, but, uh, but by looking at your uh, your overview here, it, it it obviously had a fair bit of juice in the track. Just heartache, heartache. How on earth do you not be racing? Well, I know there was. There's been quite a bit of rain in Sydney. Again, I, I'm still trying to work that out as well. But the track, the track definitely played 
slow, 100%. I mean, it ended up with, uh, even on the adjusted figures, minus 1.64. And that's probably the best I could score it. Like the so absolute. Just, sorry best. to butt in, but I'm just saying you, it's officially good for it. That is not officially good for by look at your, your daddy. No, well, let's look at the rules, right? And it's always the, the greatest indicator. Race one, okay, two year olds, minus 9.2. Race two, 1,600 metres, minus 13.1. Race, th- uh, race three, minus 12.3. This is below benchmark. This is unadjusted figures. Race four, minus 12.3. Race five, minus 19.5 off the far- one of the fastest paces of the day early, like minus 2.6 first section, right? Yep. Race six... Minus 9.9. Race 7, okay, minus 4.1. But then I look at race 8, and they've gone above benchmark first section, they end up with a minus 9.7. Race 9, Ralphie, minus 7.9. And then you want to just finish it off. Here we go. Last race of the card. They've gone 0.9 above benchmark, and it's minus 12 on the raw. So... Is, did they make that a good track because they've seen a shift with better horses, right? And this yep. is definitely the key, going faster through the first section. But if you look at the last section, like race 10 is a perfect example. You're going 0.9 above benchmark for a 1,200-meter race. Good pace, Ralphie, right? Yep. And you could deem that a genuine rock-solid G4, right? Yep. Very rarely do you see horses that run at that pace running 10 lengths below benchmark last 400 metres. Well, and, and again, so, so the, I know you use raw as far as your benchmarking, but just the raw full stop, 111.1. Well, I mean, a maiden, maiden, maidens could break that at Randwick if it was a good yeah. track. So there's no way yeah. the track ever got good. No way. Not, not even remotely possible. In fact, Ralphie, this has to be firmly in the... S6, S7 range, firm, like very firmly. I would, I'd be tilting as a minimum scorecard, probably a lot closer to an S7. I'm not, I'm not going to say H8. Yep. We, we weren't far off it. So the uh, Carrington Stakes was the main race, the listed race in the day. I, I, I'm going to say I had a bit of a barrack on this one. Vinsu Tiger, because put it in the Sizzler two weeks earlier where we wrote, just missed second up now, gelded, but improved considerably from 12 days earlier when only minus 5.6 lengths above benchmark to minus 0.2. He's likely to elevate further, plus 0.9 at the 800, 1.2 in the mid-race, 1.1 last 400 showed even splits. He's chasing his 1.5 to plus 2 range from his three-year-old days with a likely fitness edge against resuming sprinters at this time of year he can go one better at early season stakes sprint mile range so that's exactly what he did because he did have fitness elevation edge and he had a position in running edge what did he do on the clock now overall best of the day plus 1.5 fantastic when you sort of look at the setup of the horse going 1.1 links fast and standard through the first section just stalking the lead lead speed which is decent ralph i mean especially for the ground condition yeah. right <laughs> If I sort of measure up to the blend of the day and look at where this horse has gone through the first section, they've definitely put some real effort into that first 600 metres, still travelling half length above benchmark between the eight and the four, and then got all the drop off. 5.6 overall deterioration over the last 400 metres. Hard to always sort of estimate how much are we going to attribute that to still conditioning and improvement 
because there was a lot of energy exerted early. And how much are we going to put onto the track? I would say in this case, the majority has to go to the track condition, Ralphie. So overall score, plus 1.5. This horse is definitely on track for a new PB. Uh, well, he, he was um, he showed good stakes form as a, as a three-year-old. Uh, Johnny O'Shea's gelded him, so obviously said, right, let's just be a racehorse, and uh, that, that's a really good sign. He's just he's, he's elevated all three runs. Absolutely. So, well, it's good for this stable to you know have horses really coming into their top form at, at right now because there's going to be some good racing coming up in the next month. So, second best of the day, Amor Victorious. What's Beyond Baker got here? Because that too, like uh, like um, Zoo Tiger, was an all the way winner, but uh, again, look, looks nice on the clock. Uh, yes, I'm just looking at that horse now, Ralphie. Just a profile point of view. So it's first up. We know Bjorn Baker can get him going first up. It's trial uh, leading in looked good, as uh, as Darren yeah. Flandell referred to, and uh, and yeah, dominated all the way. I thought this horse was pretty impressive, actually. Impressive in the sense of this got a lot of the performance score based on what what took place in the mid. There was a definite slowdown between the eight and the four. First section going through at minus 1.2, and then from mi- minus 1, 1.2 lengths below benchmark to minus 5.9 or 6 lengths below benchmark, that's a 3, well, 4.7 length slowdown between the 8 and the 4, and then managed to break benchmark over the last 200 metres. Was that a genius rider par, or could this horse have won by a lot more had it not gone through that slowdown between the eight and the 400. And this is only a benchmark 78, so he's already got a good winning strike rate. And if you're saying that there's potential for more, that uh, he probably hasn't finished winning. Well, the yeah, well, the other good part is as well, Ralph, is when I sort of compared it to, you know, on performances, it's probably only a length, a length and a half between that and Zoo Tiger. And there's no question that I do expect both those horses to improve, but that gap could narrow. Interesting. All right, good stuff. We appreciate you listening. Now, of course, there's, there was a couple of uh, two-year-old highlights. Uh, uh, Switzerland early in the day in, in the same colours as Shinzo, and actually it was at the same meeting where Shinzo uh, made its debut this time last year. And, of course, at Caulfield, the uh, the Blue Diamond previews kicked off with uh, with the Phillies and the Colts. What we'll do, we'll make that a members bonus. If you're a Group 1 member, we'll, uh, you'll be able to hear Vince's breakdown of the two-year-olds. Uh, of course, at this time of year, that, it's really exciting with the Blue Diamond only a few weeks away, and then the golden slipper after that so if you want to become a member and support the fact that we're independent corporate bookmaker ad free you don't hear any ads for corporate bookmakers because we don't have any it's that simple we are here because we have fantastic support from members go to my website racetrackralphie.com.au click through the links and become a member you'll get the members bonus and each week you get best of the day if you're a group one or a listed member emailed to you from our sizzlers in the meantime all of vince Cardi's work via dailysexuals.com.au thanks so much for listening to year round carnival